Hello and welcome to the podcast of Lotus Eaters, episode 821 for today, Thursday, the 4th of January, 2024. Weird being the first time that I get to say that. But I am your host, Connor, joined by Cole. Hello. We were going to have Maya Tusi, but unfortunately he has uh, a, a suddenly arisen commitment that stops him from being here. I think his mum's not very well, so yeah, yeah, hopefully, totally yeah, hopefully he's all all right with that. But we will be covering the fact that Operation Lone Star is winning, how the Welf- Welsh Refugee Council is using schoolgirls as bait, and why the billionaires are building bunkers. Looking forward to 2024, are we? Yeah. <laughs> Everything's up in the air. Before we do, we just wanted to announce that at three o'clock today, it is a Thursday. After all, we have Lads Hour. It's episode 18. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. We're talking about golden penis syndrome. I chose this topic. (laughs) I have zero context for this other than what the usual social science label is applied, but I somehow don't think it's going to be that. Possibly. I don't know what the usual social science label for it is. I don't know what it means. Well, I guess find out at three <laughs> o'clock. If you haven't already subscribed as a premium member, subscribe in time and then we'll be able to read out your comments on air as well. So uh, It's going to be very good. You're going to enjoy it. Go over and do that. But without further ado, let's jump into today's topics. Right. So have you ever heard of Operation Lone Star? No, but I assume it's to do with Texas. Of course it is. Of course it's to do with Texas. Uh, Operation Lone Star is Texas's uh, ah. initiative from Governor Greg Abbott to... Uh, I can't, I don't want to swear, but tell them to get effed. I knew about this program. I didn't know that was the name for it. Yeah. But I mean, as you can see, like Texas has really, really suffered from illegal immigration. And we'll get to the numbers at the end. I mean, I'm sure you're very aware of just how bad it is. So uh, Greg Abbott in June uh, was like, you know what? Gone. You can go to the sanctuary cities where you're wanted and uh, they'll be thrilled to have you. They'll be absolutely, oh, they're ecstatic. Uh, They're, in fact, well, we welcome asylum seekers. We welcome them until it turned out it was going to destroy them. I have seen lots of town halls with mm-hmm. particularly black residents in Chicago and New York. Yep, and the we've like, covered this previously. Yeah. Yes, who have said, well, all these foreigners have turned up and they're taking our welfare, they're taking our housing, and we should be taking that actually. Yes. That's our right as the ancestral descendants of slaves who were never paid reparations. Therefore, yep. get lost. Yeah, yeah. And so, and honestly, I am a lot more inclined to agree with them. I'm not inclined to agree that they're entitled to anything from the welfare state, but in terms of wh- who should the country be acting in favor of, it's yeah. native citizens or foreigners. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I, like I said, I don't agree with reparations, but obviously, you shouldn't just be giving money away to a bunch of chances who just managed to get over the giant border that America has with Mexico, right? Um, and so, as you can see, Mayor Adams of New York was like, uh, initially, yay, this is great. Actually, no, this sucks and it's going to destroy us. It's like, okay, if you're straining to cope, then why aren't you more against just mass immigration and illegal immigration, mass illegal immigration, but both overall? You know, like all this virtue signaling about sanctuary says, oh, no person's illegal. You know, we're going to give sanctuaries for everyone. It's like, can we now? Here's your wish. Well, it's a luxury belief. And this is why most exactly. of the affluent towns in the UK that vote Lib Dem always want asylum seekers in the abstract but never want to house them in all of their spare bedrooms. Yes. And so the, the difference between a luxury belief being held by the elite class and then having all of the consequences accrue at the bottom, which safely insulates them from the consequences, and this is that they realize there are consequences in that they might lose a black vote. And yes. so diversity is no longer their strength because it's undermining their electoral hegemony in progressive cities. And it's not just that. It's costing them lots of money. Now, this has been costing Texas lots of money for a long time. But like you say, it's a luxury belief. It's over there. It's your problems, your taxes. 
So I'm going to sit there and say, you're a bad person, not wanting as many illegals in. As soon as they arrive at Martha's Vineyard, of course, they get deported in the day because the National Guard gets called in. Uh, but no, when it's your problem, you Republicans, by the way, obviously, uh, that's fine. Uh, and so the Republicans are basically fighting back against Democrat virtue signaling by literally sending those. And as you can see, the sanctuary cities are straining to support thousands of migrants arriving by bus. Is there any thoughts, any compassion for your fellow Americans down at the border states who they might be struggling, they might be under a massive amount of strain from all of these people? There's none, none whatsoever, totally unsympathetic. And in fact, it takes on a really, really selfish aspect. So, oh, it's going to destroy us. And what do you think it's doing to Texas then? What do you think it's doing to Florida or to Virginia? No, not Virginia. Um, like Arizona? Mexico, Arizona. You know. um, it's flipping the electoral map blue. Exactly. Mm. Texas now is 40% Hispanic and 38% like Anglo-Saxon. Mm. So, okay, you know what you're doing. And as soon as it affects you, you just like, well, this was a terrible idea. Yes, it was a terrible idea to start with. This is why you're getting Operation Lone Starred and this is why you deserve it, actually, right? Because you, again, you, you've made your bed, get screwed in it, right? Uh, and of course, they're just piling it on. This is in October last year, just tripling the recent arrivals. Just keep on going, keep on going. Get every single one of them to a sanctuary city because that's what a sanctuary city is from their own mouths. I don't want to be a bitter Brit bong, as I'm sure the YouTube commenters will accuse me of, but <laughs> the number of migrants arriving in New York City shot up to 600 per day. Right, that is terrible. Um, we are an island that's about the size of Delaware getting that every day as well. So at least New York City now know how the entirety of England feels. Yes, but also um, that's a really small number compared to the number that are just coming across. Yes. Like that, it's it, about two and a half million illegal crossings a year, I think. We'll get to the numbers, right. um, but it is roughly that. Uh, but that's just going to show you how sensitive their ecosystem is when it comes to this sort of thing. If 600 a day, so you know, if we, you know, a few thousand a week, um, say four or five thousand a month, say 20, 30,000 a year, something like that, are arriving, and that's oh god, this is going to destroy us. Well, then what about the hundreds of thousands that are crossing the Texan border every month? What does that do? Why can't you be more sympathetic to your fellow Americans? Again, they are your countrymen you selfish bastards, right? Um, so anyway, yeah, pile it on. Pile it on. Get as many over there. They wanted the migrants. They're in favor of it. Get them on, right? So they've got 50,000 in October they'd sent to the sanctuary cities. And of course, the panic, the absolute panic. Um, hilariously, uh, Texas spent 86 million busing the migrants. Uh, that's probably a lot less than it is to house them in Texas. It's a lot more expensive, though, than building a great big wall and making Mexico pay for it. That is absolutely true. But of course, that didn't work. Walls don't work. Walls have never worked. Uh, there were also uh, adverts that they put up in New York. I don't know if they've got a picture of the adverts. Picture of the adverts. I was hoping they, they had a picture of the adverts in uh, New York saying, Refugees welcome hmm. that Texas had put up. Well, they have declared <laughs> themselves a sanctuary state. So I think New yeah. York are saying that. Yes, uh, they are saying that. Um, Right, here, the, here are the uh, sanctuary city. New York welcomes immigrants. I do love that they've included the in Sanctuary Liberty. Yeah, yeah, in El Paso, Texas. Well, they've got that bloody stupid poem at the bottom saying, give me your... your exactly. You're tired, you're hungry. Hey, look. Your sea-tossed sea masses. These tire, tired, huddled masses that have come from South America indeed are exactly what New York is asking for. So why not? Why not advertise in Texas to get them to go? Yeah, you're, 
San Francisco welcomes migrants. That's it. They literally all say that. That looks like the Netflix remake of Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> I've seen it. But, uh, but yeah, no, this is exactly the sort of thing they could do because exactly what they say themselves. You are literally just repeating their own words back to them. Uh, and so, of course, this means that New York, Chicago, all of the other sanctuary, Democrat-controlled sanctuary cities are now at breaking point. Oh, we need federal help to house increased numbers. It's like, why did you ask for this? You, and again, you couldn't have hit it more on the point. It's a vanity belief. And uh, this is something they're very aware of as they decide, ah, we're going to block the buses from entering our sanctuary city. It's like, wow, border controls work. Yeah. Curious that. But also, okay, diversity is a strength, but that strength is driving us to breaking point. <laughs> Says the black mayor of New York City. Yes. Black Democrat mayor of New York City. Again, it's just remarkable how quickly, like with the Martha's Vineyard example, no, 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 you're gone within the day. No, we're erecting a hard border, no buses. That's it, <laughs> Governor Abbott, you evil patriarchal racist. Well, that was DeSantis. And this and the, the yeah, Martha's yeah. Vineyard one. And if, again, if yep. DeSantis would have been as hardline on his presidential campaign, he would have maintained his uh, out-in-front-of-the-pack favorite status rather than dropping to third place now. Possibly, but it was just the wrong time. It was the wrong time, but also he went with uh, establishment advice over bold moves like that. And that was a great move. Yeah, he should have just stuck to his guns on these things um, and just kept doing these things. Um, but anyway, so yeah, they're blocking all the buses. So I guess the migrants aren't getting there. Oh no, it's time for them to get the trains. Now the optics on this don't look great. What? <laughs> what? Sending migrants on trains into New York? There's well, nothing wrong with getting migrants to go on trains to New York. That's there isn't. Like what New York wanted. There isn't, but when I've been reliably informed by AOC that any migrant detention center is in fact concentration camp, then by their own <laughs> framing, sticking migrants on trains does not look good. <coughs> Why would Mayor Adams be running a concentration camp for migrants into New York City? Honestly, disgusting. But, uh, but I mean, it just keeps going. Suddenly they're presented with the results of their own policies. And I love it. You've got to literally do this and make them live their truth. Make them live by the statements that they're making. Um, it, there's just no other way to get them to change their mind, actually. Uh, and for some reason, the Republicans can't just take action on their own merits. For some reason, and it's the same with conservatives here. It's like, oh, Labour Party, do you approve of this? Finally, we can do something. And it's just the same with the Republicans. Even with the conservatives having a massive majority here, they still need the approval of Labour. Like, oh, Labour are gonna, aren't going to help us stop the vote. It's like, why do, they need, why do you need help? I think it's a lingering legacy of something that Eric Kaufman observed in White Shift, which was that mm -hmm. for quite a while, the free marketeer brand of libertine, libertarian Republicans who believe in the uh, free movement of capital and people as uh, an unfettered principle are supporting it just because it has cheap labor for big business. And they see it as attracting the investment of large capital firms in their states that then allows them to employ cheap labor so their balance sheet looks better even if the quality of life on the ground for their constituents looks worse. And so there are some of those line-go-up types still within the Republican Party who aren't the America First caucus. There, there are de that's definitely a layer of it. But on top of that is a kind of moral layer mm. in which the conservatives and Republicans are constantly looking for moral approval from the left. Because for the last 50 years probably more going back to like the early 60s, the left has for some reason somehow been able to frame themselves as the moral driving force of our civilizations. And the Republicans kind of like bent their knee and were like, yeah, that's a good point. You are right on everything. Uh, 
we just don't want everything to be destroyed. So can we do this, please? And are you, are you okay with that? And it's really disgusting and cringy, and I hate it. You know, there's literally this cringing republicanism, this cringing conservatism, and I really hate it. It's like, look, you just got to be like, I don't care what they do. And so, okay, if you are one of those people, look at them, look at them, look at them. They will deport them instantly. They will stop the buses coming in. That means that's okay for you to do. That's an okay thing to do to protect your town, your city, your state. They know it. You should know it. Come on, Republicans. Come on, conservatives. They're okay with it. Don't listen to their shaming, for God's sake. Uh, in fact, it goes so far, literally goes so far, that the Biden-controlled um, uh, Justice Department will, I mean, you can see, sorry, just a quick thing. I, Chicago mayor going, well, look, this is seeds of chaos. Governor Abbott is determined to sow the seeds of chaos that you asked for. You wanted, you wanted illegal immigrants. These are the seeds of chaos. Okay. Republicans, just cite him every time. You're, no, no, busloads of them deported back to wherever, to Guatemala or whatever. No, they're all going. Why? Seeds of chaos. Uh, this, the, the, the mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, said so. That's who we're citing. That seeds of chaos. No, he's got to go. Also, you know. an accusation that the other party are presiding over chaos, anarchy, death, and destruction from the mayor of the south side of Chicago mayor of New York, like the mayor of bloody, like, like the governor of California, like Gavin Portland. Newsom. Yeah, Gavin Newsom, like Portland. Ted Wheeler. Uh, that's it. Like all the idea that these people like, oh yeah, there's the seeds of chaos. It's like, have you looked at where you live? Yeah, Metropolis is unruly, says mayor of Gotham City. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why would my opponent do this? <laughs> but anyway, it's so bad that the Biden-controlled Justice Department is threatening to sue Texas if it enforces a law making illegal border entry a crime. Now, let's just break that statement down a second, right? If Texas enforces a law making illegal border entry a crime, illegal crime, I think it's already a crime by the fact that it's defined as being illegal border entry and the Justice Department is going to sue the state of Texas if they enforce it. This is an tyranny at the federal level. They're doing uh, the same thing to Elon Musk, aren't they? Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. It is an tyranny. But just like, think of the bonkers world we have arrived in where the Justice Department of America is going to sue a state for enforcing the laws. Uh, it's, if there couldn't, it, there couldn't be a better example of how clearly the blue-controlled institutions are targeting the red states and saying, no, we just want you destroyed. Just want you destroyed so we can complete our final takeover of this country. Yeah, it's friend like, enemy. Exactly. This is why I said, like I said on Tim's, uh, Tim's podcast, that you don't really have a country anymore. You have a sort of cold civil war going on. And this is part of it. They are working to destroy you and they know how they're going to do it and they don't care how hypocritical they're going to be. So stop appealing to, like, oh, well, you're being a hypocrite about this. Like, I, I saw someone the other day posting about Claudine Gay being like, oh, well, uh, no, it was Matt Inglesias being like, well, you know, Every conservative uh, president of university is now going to be deeply interrogated over plagiarism. It's like, okay, one, what conservative presidents would be good? Mm. Good. I don't want any bloody plagiarists at the top of university either way. But they don't see it that way. They'd be, that, see, look at the way he's framing it. It's like, oh, now your guys are going to get it. It's like, what do you mean my guys? Yeah. Like, and that reveals his mindset completely. It's also like- You can't interrogate our guys. This a, is ours. It's a smug wojack of, well, you say you like winning, but you just caused us to lose. Yeah, Very exactly. hypocritical of you, yeah, exactly. isn't it? Hmm. Exactly, but they would never do this for you. So it's just like, what are you doing? 
A little bit, a little bit of extra information as well. Do you know why they've yeah. got those boys in the Rio Grande in that image? No, I don't. Actually. One of the chief complaints was that they put those luminous boys in the Rio Grande to stop people crossing it because people were getting swept up in the Rio Grande and drowning, and they found the bodies of children. Yeah. So alerting them to the fact that there is a deep and dangerous river there, stopping them from crossing it and dying, is discrimination. Uh, yes, it is discriminatory against people yeah. who shouldn't be crossing the river and getting into the United States. Yeah, and also to stop those people that might also be trafficked from dying. You know? I mean, it's also called the Rio Grande. It means the Great River. Mm. Like, I mean, they know because they speak Spanish. So, <laughs> you know, sorry. I'm, I mean, I, I personally am still on Trump's idea of just building a big fence and then putting alligators in the river and possibly putting up some signs that say, warning alligators. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Florida man governs yeah, the entire country. Exactly. You know, I, I'm in favor of that. But the, po the point, you can see the naked partisanship in play. This is, they know mass immigration destroys, and they know if you try and stop it, you won't be destroyed. And so they're going to use the instruments of state to stop you from stopping the destructive force that is going to ruin you. And they're going to take executive action to stop you from getting that to their state because that will destroy them. Like, you could not have it more crystal clear. Just... There is no reason that any Republican governor of anything in America should, A, listen to a Democrat, but B, do anything the Democrats want and or accept any moral prohibition on this particular subject. Just literally when they cross over, just get them on a plane and just deport them back to whatever country they've come from. Just the second. You know, none of this human rights nonsense. They don't deserve to be there. They should just be taken away. Uh, and just anyway, uh, then you get the lies. Right? Imagine... Biden's press secretary then coming and goes, yeah, we want to work together on, together on border security. It's like, your Justice Department is literally going to sue Texas for having border security. Like, I would be, it, the gaslighting, I would just be, you know, I'm, I'm an independent state at this point. Like, I would literally think of myself, if I was Abbott or um, DeSantis, I'd just be like, no, we're, we're basically an independent state. We don't listen to the federal government. Yeah, this is like burglars kicking your door down and saying, we're locksmiths and we're here to help. Exactly, exactly. I would just be like, no, I, we're basically independent. I don't care what they say. We're going to do what we want. They can get screwed. And if they say, well, okay, we're going to sue you, it's like, okay, I'm not going to pay it. Now what? You Did know? you hear about the chartered flights that are flying multiple thousands of illegal immigrants with tickets that have been given to them, believed to be by the State Department, that have printed in English uh, I do not speak English, so please um, take me to my seat. And they don't have to show ID. Uh, basically, illegal immigrants are just being flown around. Uh, Tim, Tim yeah. helped break it a little while ago with Ashley Sinclair as well. Right. So the Biden administration knowingly just trafficking people with no identity all across the country. Just, just do not listen to them. Uh, anyway, so how, how many is it? Well, it's a lot, actually. Uh, 300,000 illegals per month, apparently. Uh, this is uh, 1.6 million a year in 2021 um but apparently it's spiking so this is the highest record in december 2023 so normally it was about 160 to 200,000 a month now it's 300,000 just incredible numbers incredible numbers so there's millions a year uh and uh, we've if I think we can, there we go so you can see uh this is just completely going up. And this is migrant encounters as well. This is only what they know about. Well, look at that complete trough during the Trump administration. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And also, there's quite... During Obama as well. Uh, Obama which is why was... he was called deporter-in-chief. Exactly. De Obama was actually very firm on this. In the sort of Tony Blair man. You know, no illegals can just get back because we're going to let you all in immediately go and get a plane ticket. Well, Biden <laughs> did say in the first week of his administration that he, we were going to see a surge at the border. 
Yeah. So he literally he, told them to come. And he was completely right. As you can see, the surge immediately happens on Biden's entry. Goes down during COVID, but then poof, yeah. scores back up. 2021 or 2022 there that is the yeah. record. Oh, yeah, it's 2021 of 1. 1.6 million people just walking or swimming over the US border. Yeah. Just then there's no reason that Americans should have to accept this. It's totally unjust. It's total exploitation of the average American. Hmm. Uh, and the Democrats are doing it in order to make sure that the country will vote Democrat forever. Uh, they know they're doing this. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, just record high. This is just atrocious, absolutely atrocious. Just There should just be just squads of Border Patrol. Just be like, nope, you're getting on a plane, you're going back to wherever you came from or whatever. Uh, but uh, And then when Biden's asked, he's like, you can do anything about the southern border. It's like, well, they've got to give me the money. It's like, oh, my God, really? Really? You need the money to build a wall, do you? What about the third of all US dollars ever in existence that you printed for stimulus packages about two years ago? You literally, the day you got into office, rescinded Trump's border wall bills, uh, executive orders. He literally pulled it on. He's like, no, we're not having borders. He's like, you, right, so I'm tired of gaslighting. I'm really sick of it. And I can't even imagine how insufferable it must be as an American to see all of this sort of stuff happening. In his defense, though, I don't think he knows what he's saying. Uh, maybe, but I'm not giving him any defense. He's the president, and therefore the buck stops with him. Or his puppeteers. Yes, well, the people who are... Yeah, he's, he's more focused on getting to the nearest toilet. <laughs> Which is why he's upset about being interrupted there. You can yeah. see he's holding his catheter. <laughs> anyway, I just I, I find it really insufferable. We'll live there. Right, well, all right then. More insufferable migration stories, I suppose. That's probably the important one. So, you might have seen a video of the Welsh Refugee Council employing schoolgirls in Wales to do an advert for accessing services for, quote-unquote, asylum seekers. Now, they don't distinguish whether or not these are the legal kind from women and children from Afghanistan and Ukraine. This video in particular, is it? Yes. I actually feel a bit unsettling having to show it because, of course, it's not these poor girls fault. They no, don't know their fault what they're doing. But they are being conscripted into an enterprise to flood their country with men of, should we say, disreputable intent, most likely? Well, I mean, you have no idea. That's the point. Yeah. You literally, we don't know who these people are. Why would a bunch of people just illegally come to a foreign country, especially when we know they're coming from countries that aren't at war? Yes. They must be adventurers in some way. And I mean, we've seen in previous uh, podcasts plenty of the TikToks that they put out telling us of their, their intent. So they, there was quite literally about two years ago, uh, Albanian channel crossers yeah. that were marketing for multiple thousands the ability to get you from Albania to then Belgium to then to France and then to cross the channel. And then by the evening, you'd be a delivery driver or hold up in a hotel with cash to hand, mainly from you know the law-abiding, tax-paying population of Britain, because we're all extorted to pay for that luxury. So, Isn't it like three billion a year or something? It's okay. upwards of six million a day now. Yeah. I think that figure has shifted slightly because I think about 1.8 million was being allocated to Ukraine and Afghanistan and Hong right. Kong, because those arrivals have dropped significantly in the last yeah. year of net migration. But the number of new asylum applicants that keep coming in every year, I think it was something like 38,000 last year that crossed the channel. Crossings were down because of, of weather events, not because the government actually did anything about yeah. it. So the numbers will be fudged. It's probably about six million a day. Yeah. So the point is, it's literally billions a year. Yeah. Yeah. We could just 
not let them in. Yeah, we could just drop them back on the shores of France. Yeah. And and the French could just drop them back on the shores of Africa. Yes. And the Libyans could just drop them back into the inter- interior. Yeah, but they're castrating them instead. Thanks, Hillary Clinton. Um, <laughs> Jesus, all right. Well, it's true. If you, Is it? The open-air slave markets in Libya. Well, the, well I, I realized, like, I didn't realize they were castrating them. Yes. Yes, yeah. It's quite dark stuff, yeah. Exactly. So I'm really glad we instigated regime change there. Now, trying to be charitable, if this Welsh refugee charity was only servicing the women that are staying here temporarily... If it was the Ukrainian women, that would make perfect sense. If it was the Hong Kongers that the British government had allowed to be displaced from their homeland by the Chinese Communist Party, and we were engaging in efforts to actually return them, fair enough. But I still wouldn't be in favour of conscripting schoolgirls to do this because they should not be paraded on the internet. It's a bit weird. It's very creepy. But I thought we'd go into the background, just beyond the creepiness, of who exactly is doing this. As I mentioned, it's the Welsh, Re- Welsh Refugee Council, and they do have a website. And yes, it is. They have a story. Now, we do have a... a sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. Just look at this. Hmm. The Welsh Refugee Council was founded the same day Nelson Mandela walked out of prison. And he should never have done so because he was a terrorist. <clears throat> I'm, I'm still in the um, parallel universe where Nelson Mandela died in prison. Mm. Um, I, I can't get over the fact that he didn't. Yeah, it's possible to be both uh, against apartheid and also against a man who bombed a train and killed innocent people. Yeah, he's literally a terrorist. I don't know. Yeah, not, not, not great. But that's, but that's their opening statement. Look, we're, we're, we're found on the same day Nelson Mandela walked out of prison. Yeah, how's, South, how's South Africa doing right now? I'm sure Ross Kemp has some thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. Her recent videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah let's, let's not even think about it. It's no. Atrocious. Oh, we'll, we'll be getting onto something similar later. Oh, God. Sorry about that. I just want to lay it out for the audience who don't already know. In the UK, we have, much like in Washington in the States, a sort of permanently encrusted set of barnacles on the SS Britannia. And this is our NGO bureaucracy. This is the grievance industrial complex that continually props up marginalized or oppressed peoples, does fundraising efforts, and then spaffs most of it away on salaries. And then spends charities. their time exploiting human rights legislation. Yes, and also does a lot of their time doing influencing and awareness work. And this is those guys' words, not mine, yeah. which explains why they're getting schoolgirls in social media videos. But just to go through a little bit of their story on their homepage, as you say, founded on the same day Nelson Mandela walked out of prison in 1990s, the founders were a group of refugees... <laughs> group of foreigners just rocked up and like, yeah, we need more of us. Literally working in cahoots with, as they say, their politicians, so fifth columnists, representatives from the refugee communities. So wouldn't they just also be refugees? Yeah. It's like the mouth of Sauron. But what's a refugee community? Like, they all don't like each other. And technically, they would all be in competition for the same resources. So you might think that... They're not a community. They're a class. Yes. Anyway. That's better framing. Voluntary organizations and statutory bodies. And so in 1992, it received a £30,000 grant from the Home Office. That's the Conservatives. It is. It's John Major's government. Yeah. Indistinguishable from Labour. Yes. Now, slightly more to the left, actually. (laughs) Again, if we're being charitable, and this is in the post-war order, the reason the post-war refugee legislation by the United Nations, by the ECHR was set up, was because of post-war displaced Europeans and Jews. Yeah. So they had to deal with that issue. In the 90s, that sort of dead hand of the 20th century was still hanging over it. So they weren't dealing with the same cohort of refugee mm. as we are now, which are the chances from Somalia and North Africa. Yeah, we're not taking polls in. Yes. So even though John Major and his government 
were a bunch of treacherous wets, they weren't quite to the scale as we're seeing with the current Conservative Party and the Labour Party. Yeah, I mean, just a quick thing as well. Back in 1992, it was like 7% of the country was non-native in their extraction. So they could, even if, you know, like from Pakistan or India or something, they'd have been here 30 years already. So it's like, okay, you know, they're born and raised here, basically. Um, so and it's a very very small percentage. So you can understand that in 1992 immigration really wasn't that big a deal of an issue. It wasn't as salient. There were the Conservatives were campaigning under Margaret Thatcher, saying that it would flood the country with a bunch of foreigners. Yeah, and that was an election winner and turned out to be very prescient. But the numbers and scale just weren't as anything. Time. And thirty thousand pound even in 1992 is quite a modest amount of money to be mm. fair. Yes. So in 2014, the uh, Welsh government decided to give them even more funding. Uh, they began to do advocacy and influencing efforts. So that just translates to state-funded propaganda on behalf of refugee interest groups. Yeah, yeah. So that explains where they got all the money to go into primary schools and get girls to do these sort of hostage videos promoting that immigrants can claim benefits and to say random Welsh phrases. Because that's what they were saying. They were saying, you have the ability to access uh, work programs, direct subsidies, housing, and the like. I I don't get to do that. No. I'll lose my job tomorrow. I won't, I won't be up on top of the housing list. No. Again, why do 48% of all social housing in London, one of the most expensive places to live in the world, <laughs> go to random foreigners? Yeah, you won't get that. Yeah, don't, don't have an answer for that, except that it's probably because of these guys' work and the like. So in 2018... Sorry, it's just a, like, it's so sinister, man. It's so sinister. Because like, you're a 25-year-old man from Africa, like somewhere in the Congo or something, and you see a video from the Welsh they're literally like dangling a 14-year-old girl in front of you yeah. saying, we're going to give you all these resources. People are like, what's wrong with these people? I mean, you know, the thing is, the girls weren't even that old as well. I don't know how old they, they were. like primary school girls. No, they weren't. Well, how like They looked like they were 12 or something. They were, they were I, very young. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. By the looks of it. Obviously. But like, I don't know. However old the girls were, I don't yeah. know how old they were. But like, you know, here's some young girls who are just like, yeah, come over here. It's like, that's... That looks sinister. Yeah. What are you like, marketing? Are you marketing the benefits? Are you marketing the girls? But you're marketing both. Yes. Whether you realize it or not. Yes. But which which one comes primary in the minds of the men that you're marketing it to? Again, they yeah. think both. They think they're getting both, and it's just. And again, I'm. It's the Victoria Derbyshire interviewing the guy from not Somalia, was it Ghana or something? Where she's like, "Oh, you must have been really fleeing persecution to get on that boat." He's like, "No, I came for money." And she's just like, has no idea because she's a six-year-old woman and she doesn't understand 21-year-old men from a foreign continent. You know, and this is what they obviously don't understand either. Well, I was asked onto a France 24 debate like two years ago about channel crossings and they were interviewing an Afghan guy who was in the Calais migrant camps Mm -hmm. and they were saying, oh, why are you claiming asylum? He said, because I'm a photographer and I want to come over for COP26 to photograph that giant Syrian puppet, little Amal, and they won't let me. And they won't let me because they're racist. We have cameras. You are, you, but, there's no entitlement for you to be here. It's but, just, but also, like they don't understand what men will risk their lives for. Yes, they do not understand what men will risk their lives for because they're utterly risk averse. Yeah. Whereas young men are just not. It's not for fear; it's for adventure. Yeah. It's totally. And unfortunately, it looks like these girls are being offered up as the spoils of war. And it's not like we don't have precedent for that, which I'll get onto in a bit. But this is in 2018. So in 2018, the council boasts about making £9,570 in hardship payments thanks to donations and delivered hate crime awareness workshops of asylum seekers and refugees in the Gwent area to help them better understand how to identify and report hate crime. So, government's taxing you. 
giving you money to random foreigners that they don't have to bet the backgrounds of. And then they're also encouraging said foreigners to, if you complain about it online or in the street, report you to the police. Yeah, they're giving the foreigners a power over the natives. Yes. So they're giving them direct subsidies, direct provisions, and then privileges yeah. to say that you can't even complain about this. Yeah. I mean, that's what would have happened in previous eras when a conquering army took over a country. Yeah, quite. And then in 2022, they created our award-winning campaign <clears throat> film denouncing the Nationality and Borders Act. So they're getting subsidized to make informational Anti films. Anti-government propaganda. Yeah. Which it seems that the Conservative Party increasingly <clears throat> agree with, which is uh, quite frustrating. They also had on their website, and I didn't bring this up, but an advice for unaccompanied children page. Uh, yeah, yeah. I bet that was read by a lot of children. Uh, it's scrubbed. Gone. Oh, really? Gone. Error 404. Really? That's interesting. Well, Wait. I mean, there weren't any unaccompanied children. You conspiracy theorists. It just so happens that they're upwards of 92% white male and... Uh, well, they weren't male, sorry. Male, the Albanians male. were. But, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, but they were upwards of 90% male. But yeah. uh, there, there you go. Um, let's look at the funding partners. So who's actually giving the money? So it's not just the Home Office, not yeah. just the Welsh government. Uh, it turns out, as we're going to go down a bit... Da-da-da! They have a really long website. Comic Relief. Yeah, so BBC. <sighs> BBC Children Needing Comic Relief. Yeah. The National Lottery. The Postcode Lottery. Uh, the Charitable Foundation. So that's the regulatory board. And Lloyds Bank. Oh. So if you're with any of those organizations, I suggest uh, withdrawing your donations or your business rather rapidly. Uh, also, it turns out that playing these lotteries, I mean, the odds of winning these lotteries are infinitesimally small. Yeah. But the odds, and when you win, it will ruin your life, just so you know. Well, yeah, sure. And also, <laughs> but, but the odds of funding uh, essentially a slush fund that is then going to be spent on flooding your country with foreigners who hate you, and then you're paying twice to house them at your expense, that's guaranteed. So maybe don't play the lottery because yeah. you will get screwed both ways. Now, the reason this is particularly egregious to market the young girls uh, is this. A little while ago, we, we broke this story. Uh, GB News ended up covering it as well because I forwarded them some of the information. But there were a bunch of boat migrants using Instagram pages, marketing specifically to North Africans, yep. showing videos alongside young men breaking into the country and young men asking European women on dates and young men holding pallets of cash. Just videos of young white British girls drunk, having a laugh on a night out, being filmed from strange far angles. Yeah. So it was like marketing again. Lit young women as the spoils of war. Yeah. This is what you can get if you can break into the West. Yes. Uh, the Home Office were actually aware of this. Oh, good. They did nothing. Of course they did. Yeah. So it's almost like they want it to continue, which is just a, a, a bit frustrating. Well, the Home Office definitely does, because the Home Office is staffed by a bunch of woke people and a bunch of foreigners. And also, other than a couple and of home, Yes. And, and a few Home Secretaries have made mouth noises as to wanting to deal with the problem. And I think Suella Braveman genuinely did want to deal with the problem. She was just stonewalled. Uh, apparently, she was really cringing in front of them. Apparently, she, when she went into the meetings, she was very sort of like, oh, oh, and very demure and weak in front of them. Unlike Pretty Patel, who like bullied one out of his job. Yes. You know, Suella Braveman apparently didn't do that. I think she was trying to reason with them. Because again, I've, I imagine so. I've briefly encountered Suella, and she does seem onside, if not particularly competent, like lots of politicians. Yeah, yeah. But I, I want, you know, the oh. Asian woman to dominate them. I totally agree. <laughs> The problem is, uh, now we actually have a Home Secretary who's totally in cahoots and just lying. Yeah, all the I know. Time. Uh, and we'll, we'll get onto that slightly later. It's also particularly <clears> egregious <throat> because of this story that was uh, reopened recently, and I apologize for anyone who was eating their lunch or something. Uh, this was one of the worst examples of yeah. the Booming Gang scandal. Um, I, I mention it because the case has just been reopened as of last year. But uh, this was a girl who... Uh, uh, 
age 14, this is now 20 years ago, uh, went missing, was most likely involved with the grooming gangs and being plied with alcohol and money for sex with older men in Blackpool. And uh, her body was never found because there were two kebab shop workers who had, quote unquote, joked about mincing her body up into kebab meat and selling it, and also putting her in the grouting of the kebab shop in the tiles. Um, Interestingly, the jury couldn't reach a verdict in that case. And then during the retrial, it was thrown out because they had complaints over the way that Lancashire Constabulary gathered the evidence. Right, okay. So thrown out on a procedural technicality, the police have since reopened it because they now think, oh, this was obviously a, a product of the grooming gangs, wasn't it? I hate, I hate how this country's being run. Well, yeah, but I just, I just, I mention it because I just want to say, I mean, if you look, just look at the video of these girls, right? So I'm, I'm just going to replay and mute it. Um, yeah. of these two girls who are definitely in a primary school, I think yeah, it's fair to say. Yeah, probably about eight or nine. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which of these is an acceptable casualty to be ground into kebab meat until uh, mass immigration works? Obviously none of them. Yeah, that's what we think. Yeah. But clearly there's absolutely... It's not a very controversial opinion. No, it? no, it's, it's not very far right to say I would like these girls to live happy lives unmolested. But it turns out... That's far right. Yeah, it turns out that the government seemed to at least be um, accepting of that reality. Because they've done nothing about it. They continue to do nothing about it. And they know what it happens. If protecting children isn't a good enough goal, what is? Yeah. What do they want? Why would you justify having a civilization and law if it fails to stop children being minced into kebab meat? It's literally what's happened. Literally what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so you've actually done some extensive coverage of the grooming gang scandal. I have indeed. The website. It's worth going and visiting. This is behind the paywall. Five pounds a month. It's a fantastic. How resource. we keep the lights on and we do yeah. good work. Yeah, and unfortunately, we have to bring this news to you because it's just happening in the country. But I thought I'd pull up a few stats about the grooming gangs, uh, particularly from Charlie Peters reporting, who's done some great work on GB News on this. So in Rotherham, turns out that the majority of the perpetrators of the one thousand four hundred recorded rapes of girls were members of the local Pakistani community. Yep. Uh, that was only three percent of the population. Yeah. So three percent of the population responsible for one thousand four hundred rapes. Okay, so then the Casey report came out and started talking about the grooming gangs. Uh, the references when it was published to Pakistani taxi drivers, specifically in Rotherham and Rochdale, were changed to, quote, men of a certain ethnicity engaged in a particular occupation. Oh, yeah. Mainly kebab shop workers, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, so, speaking of the traitors, in 2018, the Home Office found that uh, 30% of the sexual abusers were white and 28% were Asian. And obviously, this was reported as white men responsible for most sexual assaults in Britain. Which is a technically true thing. In a majority white country, yes. Yeah. But uh, if we go to the per capita, which is the actual statistic oh, that I matters. I don't understand per capita. <laughs> <laughs> Just pushing my head up the hill. Yeah, you need yeah. to change the batteries in your yeah, smoke yeah. alarm. Yeah, yeah, I do. So, this is 28% of the Asian. <laughs> Uh, rapists compared to the 85% of the white population, but only 8% of the Asian population. Yeah. And also that's Asian speaking specifically not, it's not the Japanese that are committing these. No, no. It's not the Sikh Indians majority. It's uh, mainly Pakistani Muslims. Yeah. So, and Bangladeshi. Yes. And then there was, a, there was another paper as well. Um, they found that one in every 2,200 Muslim men in England and Wales since 1997 and 2017 have been prosecuted for grooming. One in every 2,200. So that's one in every 1,700 Pakistanis, one in 280 Muslim males over 16 in Rochdale were prosecuted, one in 126 in Telford, and one in 73 in Rotherham. Jesus. Yeah. And again, how many casualties... Yeah, that's prosecuted. Yes. Like, that's not... that. that... 
Like we're not talking about the, we're talking about the ringleaders. We're not talking about the customers. Yeah, we're not talking about everyone that wasn't caught. Yeah, because what what they do for anyone who doesn't know is uh, they groom women into essentially women. They groom girls into essentially being um, prostitutes, and then these girls will get raped dozens of times a night. These guys make money out of it. They'd be drugged up. They'd be given alcohol, and then they just have this perpetual cycle of abuse. Yeah, and then so to reiterate, uh, what's being advertised here? Is it the benefits? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the, the the main point that someone can make is, well, the the grooming gangs aren't refugees, which is true. They're no, but the, they were let in legally. Manchester Arena bomber was. Yeah, Stabber was. The the taxi cab bomber was. So, excuse me if I don't think that the same men from the same place with the same ideology. I don't religion, think there's a hard distinction between them. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah, I don't think coming in through the border or breaking into the country makes a difference whether or not they want to rape young girls. I, and and frankly, and this is purely anecdotal, but the amount of times we have been past um, asylum centres for these young men. And they had leered at young girls. Oh yeah. So I know of a local school near me, and there are a number of, I assume, legal, uh, Deliveroo and Uber Eats and that drivers on mopeds. And because they're positioned in the local high street, the school has had lots of complaints yeah. from parents and school children saying that these men have propositioned these young yeah. 12, 13, 14 year old girls. Oh, this is the Lisa Nandy. Refugees welcome, except for here, because they're being weirdly pervy on the girls. Yeah. And there, there have been girls who have been raped as well. Examples of, we've covered this previously. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not an unfounded com- concern. Yeah. And so, if you weren't even deliberately trying to advertise these young girls to these predatory men, um, well, you're at least endangering them to such an extent of where you're dangling them in front of them because you don't know their motivation. So, I just want to underscore how the government clearly doesn't care about this because this news coincides with the fact that Rishi Sunak is now touting that the asylum backlog has been cleared. Oh, so, bravo, bravo. And how he's cleared it is he's just blanket granted 50,000 applications for permanent stay. So that's 50,000 new creepy, possibly rapey foreign neighbours that you're housing at your expense just because he wanted to get numbers down. I mean, you literally don't know anything about their backgrounds. You yep. don't know if they've committed crimes. You don't know if they're fleeing criminal prosecution. You don't know anything about them. And you're just like, yeah, 50,000 rubber stamp right into the community. Go. As you once said, the only thing stopping the Home Office from approving more than 4,000 visas a day must just be the physical size of the Home Office at this point. It's just capacity. It's not will. So as GB News reporting, Sunak announced his promise to process more than 92,000 claims in the last year had been exceeded with 112,000 cases cleared last year. Notice, cleared. We'll get on to how he did that in a moment. The total included 77,000 final decisions with 51,469 asylum claims granted. The record-breaking figure is the highest number since records began in 1984 and smashes the previous high of 33,460 in 2002. Because that's right, I'm a conservative. God, I... Well, you can't have a backlog if you're yeah. just approving them all, can yeah, you? Yeah, there's no backlog if there's literally no funnel that, yeah. that stops them from, you know, that clogs them up. If you just open it completely and just allow it all just to fall through, there's no backlog at all. Problem solved. Yeah, black guy tapping forehead dot JPEG. But uh, it turns out that if you go into the actual stats, um, part of this is because they've just withdrawn or voided 35,000 applications. So that doesn't mean that those people aren't here anymore. No, they're still here. It's just there's nothing on in the books about them. Yeah. So they've said it's cleared its asylum backlog um, around summer 2022 as well, which was around 98,000. So they're only counting summer 2022. So they aren't counting in the last year. So that means the current backlog is still almost exactly 98,000 because of the amount of people that have come in over the channel and applied for asylum since. So it's static. 
but this isn't like you say people going home. Yeah. This is just now they're just in the country. Yes. Forever. Yes. Yeah. At least before you had the promise that we were going to kick them out eventually. I mean, they weren't going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now they're just. Yeah. I mean, they're new to the Where they are, but they don't know anything about these men. They don't really know where they are, and they've you know they're just like you know what we're just going to scrap it. They also have just admitted to losing seventeen thousand of them. Oh, brilliant! Uh, do you want to listen to James cleverly try and defend this on Good Morning yeah, Britain? On. Because um, this is the only time Susanna Reid is actually half decent. But neither of those categories account for these seventeen thousand claimants, do they? Because well, if no, they, you knew they, that they were either voluntary returns or enforced returns, they wouldn't be missing. These are missing asylum seekers. You have no idea where these people are, whether they're here, so, there, or anywhere. So the point is, at any given time, there will be some people that um, have gone through the the process and have stepped out of the process. As I say, with regard to people who are choosing to leave, we don't always uh, track them. We don't have exit controls in the UK, so uh, we don't always know that they have left. But as I say, uh, the number of people that we have uh, returned has increased by two thirds. So uh, ultimately, of course, we will find people that are here uh, illegally who shouldn't be here, who have no right to be here, and we will return. Uh, we will return is, them. The thing is, I mean, you're doing quite a good job of, of covering up the fact that actually, as Susanna says, you literally have no idea where these 17,000 people are. Or who they are. I mean, you said in your opening answer, you said that you think they, 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 some of them will have gone back home. Well, you don't know that. None of them could have gone back. No, no, you, you simply don't saying, know. We don't, so the point is that when people try to hide themselves in the economy, and this is not unique to the UK, this, is, this happens in countries, uh, developed economies like ours all over the world, whether it's in the US uh, or, the, uh, or continental Europe. But what we do is we go looking for them. So our enforcement but officials... How do you lose them in the first place? How do you lose 17,000 applicants? It's a heck of a well, if, well, if people, if people uh, stop... Uh, turning up, if people uh, disengage with uh, the process, that's where that figure comes from. But what we do is we go looking for them. We're not passive, we're active. We go looking for them. We go to places where we know uh, there is a risk that people are employed illegally. We do enforcement raids. I'm just going to stop that there because... You know, you know those illegal immigrants who broke into your country? All what we're doing is we're just relying on their goodwill to turn up and engage with the state. Otherwise, we have no idea about them, and we just let them wander off in your country forever. And I mean, we go looking for them, but uh, we haven't found any. Seventeen thousand is an army. Mm. Like that is just unreal. Well, the liberal assimilation pipe dream treats them as if they've come from the void, and yes. that they can just be economic integers. So he's presuming that they've just evaporated back into it. Yeah, that they're just in a pocket dimension or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's just they're, well, they're just the same as everyone else in society. So they've just become a part of the mass. Yeah. No, they're predators. They're part of the London meat cube. Yeah, they're li- but they're literally predators. Yep. That's why they've come here. But I, I, I want to just emphasize, <clears throat> notice how he kept talking about the process. Yeah. You could capitalize the T and the P there yeah. as if it's some kind of yeah. personified entity. Yeah, I don't care about the process. Yeah. I don't worship it. But it's also, I don't have faith in it. You are the decision maker. Or you should be, at least. Because yeah, otherwise, think. what actually is the point of parliament? Yeah. Because if you can't locate the people that you're meant to be administrating, yeah. then what is the point of the managerial state? It's almost like there's this disembodied will hanging over everyone, motivating every institution in the same direction. He's even saying every country's doing it. So how about this? How about this? Why do illegal immigrants have freedom? Hmm. Why are they free to just walk around? Yes. Why is that? Why is that the case? Yeah. Why are they free to disengage with the government? Hmm. They should be treated as criminals, yes. first and foremost, 
And then they can put in their asylum application. Okay, well, you're going to stay in this particular place until we've processed it. Yeah, well, a lot of you came, so it's going to take a while. That sucks. But it's costing the British taxpayer own believe that money. No, no, they just give them complete liberty to roam our country and do whatever they want. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And also, if they commit further crimes while they're <clears> here, uh, the police are going to be too busy policing what you say about it online rather than going and addressing the burglaries or the rapes. Yeah, yeah. remember, 95% of all burglaries go uninvestigated, or unconvicted. Yeah. So just don't worry about it. And as we've seen with the grooming gangs, uh, these people are scarcely caught and ever delivered actual prison sentences. I mean, it's, it, burglary is literally legal in Britain, just on the, the praxis, the, the proximity, the number that are actually able to be processed. Like 5% of burglaries result in a conviction. That is unbelievable. Yeah. That's being said, we are not qualified to represent you in court. So just yeah, know, we're not gonna be careful you. about that. But, you know, shock. So this has led to uh, them being investigated by the statistics watchdog because it oh, turns yeah. out they just made up the claim uh, because, of course, oh, they did. Um, so the Conservatives, are, again, I don't know who at CCHQ is running their Twitter account. Oh, this, this has been blocked off. But they've got this really cringeworthy way of putting out graphics that's yeah. like the promises made, promises kept, and these dreadful blooming memes. Yeah. Um, so... It turns out that the Home Office has actually acknowledged, sorry, I'm just going to have to wrestle the mouse over there. Uh, the Home Office has acknowledged that there were still 4,500 complex cases from the period on which a decision has not been made. And they said that there are still 98,000 asylum applications in the backlog, which is an almost static number from the last time. So they're just making up the fact that they're doing it to be seen to be doing something, which is a tacit admission that they want it to continue. Yeah. And to continue, as we've seen, at the expense of the exact kind of girls that their funded NGOs are using to market the benefits to random foreigners we don't know the motivations of. So macabre, man. Yeah, so um, enjoy funding the destruction of our country. Speaking of destruction, why are the billionaires buying bunkers on Hawaii? So I'm going to evoke a Dan principle here. And whenever you're anticipating a giant geopolitical shift, you follow the money. And so if they're prepping for some kind of large-scale disaster, maybe be in anticipation of things going a bit belly up. I'm a bit worried about it, to be honest. Um, so the billionaires have been in Hawaii for a few years now, and you can see why they would like to go to Hawaii. I mean, this is from 2017, but uh, it lists a bunch of things that have happened long before. Like Billionaires started in about the early 2000s, uh, buying up small amounts of Hawaii. And this has just carried on. Like Mark Zuckerberg, shelled out $100 million for an estate in 2014, and they keep buying. And that's very, very interesting. So you've got like Mark Benioff, Larry Ellison, who apparently owns an entire island, one of the smaller islands. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, like I said, bought a 700-acre oceanfront estate. Wait a minute, I thought we were expecting sea level rises. Mm. What's going on there, Mark? You know, I, guess, I guess they're confident that we will save the planet, that we will change things sufficiently so it won't be a wasted investment. Um, Paul Allen, the co-founder of Microsoft, used to own an entire private island, right? But the public property records were wiped. Impressive. Now let's see Paul Allen's public property records. Yeah. like, But he owned a 10-acre farm uh, on one particular estate. The CEO of Salesforce, Mark Benioff, uh, in, he started in tw with $12.5 in 2000. Uh, Peter Thiel has um, an estate in Hawaii. Uh, he's got a $27 million, 1.7 acre property in Maui in 2011. He bought uh, Carol Bartz, the ousted CEO of uh, Yahoo, uh, owns uh, properties in an exclusive neighborhood. Uh, Michael Dell, CEO of Dell Technologies, owns the crown jewel of uh, one of the locations, which is called Raptor Residence. This is like Tropical Davos. <coughs> yes, it is. 
that's it's, it's it, well it's kind of honestly it's looking more and more like elysium mm. where okay the mainland may well be screwed up you may well have taken billions and billions of third world migrants and your standard of living has just cratered but we're 500 miles away on a tropical island that you're not allowed to come to because you literally can't afford to get to it so not our problem doesn't oprah live there as well if she does we'll get to her in a minute okay uh i mean larry ellison which is uh oracle ceo uh, he purchased the island of lanai for somewhere between 300 and 600 million dollars in 2012 Call me a conspiracy theorist, but I always get a little bit tetchy when I hear about billionaires buying private islands. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of the idea. But uh, but the point is, they own a significant amount of Hawaii, and again, if you were going to be like, right, okay, we're expecting some big trouble this year, uh, where or in the future, where can we go that is secluded, private, resource rich, and temperate and nice? And Hawaii is actually a good choice for this. That's where Barack Obama grew up as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so after the wildfires, they all chipped in. They uh, con- contributed millions, millions. The billionaires contributed millions. Probably, probably about ten million in total. I think it was uh, to relief funds, whatever that means, whatever relief fund means uh, in this technique. But what was really weird was land grabbing mm. after the fires. Um, as you can see, Oprah Winfrey there, um, she owns various amounts of property. Now, one thing that's weird is Oprah Winfrey doesn't own beachfront property. Her property's inland. So clearly she's not confident that we're going to stop global warming. Um, but, uh, that must be her portfolio asset manager. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but they say in this, uh, more sinister still, while the flames on Maui still burned, residents reported being contacted by developers and investors offering to buy their land from them. I'm so frustrated with inventors and realtors calling the families who lost their home offering to buy their land. One local said in a video for a local charity, that how dare you do that to our community right now? So I don't think they care about your community at all. I think they're using you as essentially a bug out location for when things go tits up on the mainland. Are we going to raise any eyebrows at the Hawaii wildfires? I don't know enough about it. So, so I'm happy to entertain. Well, Lewis Brackpool and I covered it a little while ago for the website, and there were some curious goings on there. So they have the most advanced natural disaster warning system in the world, yeah. and it just didn't work. The guy, just, just like on 9-11, where it's all these safety systems just didn't work that day. Or like during the Las Vegas shooting, and it turns out that the guy that oversaw the investigation into that was also overseeing Hawaii at the time. Really? That's weird. How do you get from Las Vegas to Hawaii, jurisdiction-wise? Well, it's just, you know, if you were going to appoint someone that's like super competent, it wouldn't be the Las Vegas shooting that we got zero answers for how that guy yeah. got so much ammunition up to that hotel and a great vantage point. Yeah. And we never knew his motivation. Bit strange. Also, there were a bunch of police blockades on the routes out of the area that was on fire that cost people their lives. And there were also a bunch of empty cars that just materialized in the road, stopping people from driving out. So some sort of logistical screw up that caused a lot of lost lives that we haven't had answers for yet. Yeah. Or they just came out of thin air to kill people? 98 people died in these fires and 8,000 were disp- displaced. Yeah. So, Anyway, Hawaii Governor Josh Green released a statement warning developers against predatory land buying. It was a bit too late for that. Uh, he announced that the Hawaii state government was considering securing land in uh, one of the islands, Lahaina, 
to protect our local people so it's not stolen by people on the mainland. Hmm. It's quite significant. Hawaii for the Hawaiians, says local governor. Um, so the question is, well, why are they going there, right? What's, what's being gained there? Because there are no formal programs or tax incentives to attract residents from out in the state. Um, it, of course, is, as they say, the isolation and perception that it's a safe place to visit and by extension to live. You get you don't get lots of um, not yet anyway. You don't get lots of um, sort of TMZ style reporting there and stuff like that because you see, you know, it's a private area. Uh, so it's sunny, it's remote, it's private, and it has a ready-made surf class, which is the, the the poor Hawaiian natives who live there who are just going to be employed by the billionaires as a kind of underclass. Like right, there's a you know you can see the appeal. Hawaii to these people. They all be the sort of floating cocktail trays that bring drinks and Great Gatsby that nobody yes. notices. Yes, um, but also they're they're you know decent people. Like they're not like violent thugs who have just arrived on a boat from Africa. You know they're they're civilized people. And so oh great, we put the civilized surf class underneath to, to rule over. This is perfect. This is literally perfect. And so anyway, the the question that was on everyone's lips recently that we began this with is um, why are the Billionaires now building bunkers inside. Uh, Zuckerberg himself built a 5,000 square foot doomsday bunker in his Hawaii compound. Huh. So we'll go through it. The, the, the former founder of Reddit's done something very similar in New Zealand as well recently. New Zealand, also a remote island nation. Yes. With, with a Polynesian heritage. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Very odd. And um, Peter Thiel. Uh, has New Zealand citizenship and has said if in the event of the apocalypse that's where he's going. Uh, but he also owns property in Hawaii as well. So I guess you're hedging your bets. Who knows? Yeah. If China invades New Zealand, you're right. To Hawaii. Yeah. So, you know, if something happens in Hawaii, you won't be in New Zealand. Yeah. Which side of the globe the nuclear holocaust happens on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but like I say, that he's far from the only billionaire living in fear of what they call the event, which is literally a Mitchell and Webb sketch. Um, they don't know, but uh, as you can see, Mark Zuckerberg spent $270 million on a bunker. Um, was it not more? I thought there was more to that. Um, okay. But there, there, were, there are others as well. Um, but that's really weird, isn't it? Like, Why are billionaires buying bunkers? What do they think is going to happen? In 2018 as well, the US government gave a multi-million dollar grant to the Raven Rock facility, which is, I forget which state, but it's in the Raven Rock Mountains. Probably like Nevada or something. Something like that. And it's a nuclear fallout shelter that has an entire town built underground and into the mountains. Hmm. It's where Dick Cheney sheltered after the 2001 9-11 attacks. Yeah. Uh, what are they gearing up for if they're spending lots and lots of money renovating that? Yeah. I mean, there's, like I said, $270 million. And he's not the only billionaire to have done it. Like, this is a very strange thing. And they're, you know, so they're buying up all of this land in Hawaii. They're building bunkers. That doesn't fill me with confidence. Uh, and I do get the feeling that these people probably have a bit more inside information than I have. Uh, and if you look at the state of the world at the moment, there's a bit of chaos. Well, that, during all of the Davos meetings and the like, they keep calling what's going to happen a poly crisis. They're all in anticipation of 2030 as some kind of inflection point year. They're all saying that in the build-up to that, they're going to experience an angrier world. Yep. So at best, they might be predicting some civil unrest. Uh, at worst, some sort of cataclysmic event like a... Well, I wouldn't suggest that they believe it's going to be a climate-related disaster again if they're building beachfront property, but there you go. 
I think they, I don't think they're expecting nuclear exchange exactly either. Um, I think they're just expecting systems collapses. Yeah. So widespread famine, mass movements of people, lots of, like you say, unrest, violence, invasions, things like that. And it's like, right. Great. Well, nobody has an answer to what comes after the petrodollar, but we all know it's going to end. Yes. But uh, it's not, 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 not uh, sunny horizons no. in the future, it looks like. But, um, but don't worry, actually, you're not, they're not the only ones. Uh, you can uh, invest in a doomsday bunker yourself. Uh, this is the South Dakota bunkers. Um, a doomsday community in search of residents to live in its 575 bunkers, which can reportedly fit up to 10,000 people. Um, so you can literally go into a fallout shelter. Your descendants can emerge. I hope I go in the one where it's one man and 99 women. I don't know, man. That sounds stressful. To be honest, um, don't repopulate the earth. Um, just maybe it's like a two thirds split. <laughs> I want someone to play games with, <laughs> but I do want that. Uh, in the Black Hills Mountain Range in South Dakota, uh, this former army base has been transformed. Uh, the uh, the person running it, Dante Vicino. Uh, says average people can now reserve their spot for when all hell breaks loose. This literally sounds like the introduction of Fallout. Mm. Right, like buy into Vault Tech. You know, the average working class, well, not working class, middle class person can do this. You just start stockpiling your bottle caps. Yeah, exactly. Shelters are reportedly outfitted for a minimum of one year of autonomous operation without needing people to return to the surface. Um, it's going to have to probably last longer than that. Uh, but uh, anyway. It's actually really depressing as we're looking at these images that they're better furnished and probably more affordable <coughs> than, than your average house. Well, just than yeah. renting a cupboard in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we are literally getting closer and closer and closer to the world of Fallout. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can see the tensions all over the place. You know, whether Israel go to war with Iran, the Ukrainian war, China, and various and Taiwan and various things. Well, we were debating this with, with Josh and Bo, weren't we? That we've got increasingly complex systems that are. Yeah precarious on technology that people can't remember how to fix if it goes awry. And also we're appointing diversity hires to staff and maintain those systems. Yep. And so they've already had a, a thing where air traffic control is going to foresee problems because people aren't trained enough to deal with it, even though there's more and more flights. Yep. So when planes don't run or worst case start colliding, okay, not good. Thing is, I'm, I'm actually more concerned about the, a more immediate problem which is political will uh, so when china decides actually we're being cut off from their manufacturing base they're actually going to sell it to someone else or they're just going to accept the loss you know the, the the chinese communist party is like look we're just going to eat the loss and you're just going to have nothing you know like we will be okay because we've developed like a middle class and we've developed what was it that uh, professor you like we've rooted our own tree mm. off of the uh the china the, the american thing so when they've done that, they can they are free to do it. They'll take a massive economic hit, but I don't think the Chinese Communist Party care about that. They are the party of Mao. They did starve to death like 30 million people. I think they're prepared to use that human resource and just be like, not a problem. Well, they think in terms of century-length plans, whereas we talk in, exactly. think in terms of four-year election cycles. Exactly. And so I I, you know, it's entirely possible that's like, yeah, no, actually we're gonna, we're gonna that's enough. We're done with it now, and we'll just eat the loss. And then you've got various other, you know, invasions and like what they just tried to do to Russia to essentially geo flip Russia, which didn't work. Like the global supply chains are very vulnerable 
and it's entirely possible they will just collapse, not because of incompetence, but by political will and people believing, okay, America's actually in a vulnerable position now. We can try and break the hegemony. So maybe uh, that's not going to be good. You know, maybe if we were more, we, the West, were collectively more um, tolerant, tolerant stewards of the world and incorporative, maybe that wouldn't have been the case, but it wasn't. So. But also the leaders which currently occupy the positions of power are not resilient and intelligent enough to adapt to crises when they arise because they yes. know nothing except the post-war liberal rules-based order and they think it's going to last forever. They think history has ended. Yeah. And so what do you do when your global supply chain gets cut off? How do you even repatriate manufacturing? You, yeah, exactly. You, you build bunkers Yeah, because you think the apocalypse is coming, basically. It's like, okay, great. So um, they think something's going to happen, which, I mean, you don't spend $270 million on a bunker you don't plan on using, basically. So uh, good luck, folks. With that, onto the video comments. So over the weekend, uh, legendary inventor, guest on Glock, uh, the inventor of the Glock pistol, uh, died over the holidays, and um, he will be forever uh, remembered. Uh, this is an example of a Glock clone. That is uh, made by one of our one of our manufacturers here. You can basically personalize it however you want. I mean, even the the back of it and all that. But they go for about two fifty to three hundred bucks. So I'll get you go take there, and it works just fine. For all audio listeners, he had Dave Chappelle dressed as Rick Graham. Uh, Rick, uh, what's his name? Uh, James. No, no. Rick James. Yeah, Rick James. Yeah. Engraved on the back of his Glock. So have you seen Dave Chappelle's new special? By the way, I haven't seen the new special. Very funny. No, yeah. it's it's. I do I do want to watch it. I just haven't had time really. It's uh, he goes on the sort of seven minute meandering story, and then punctuates it with a brilliant punchline to really upset the trannies. Again. I've seen that. Yeah, it's very well constructed. If you like the mechanics, I, I saw that clip because he's going through like Jim Carrey pretending to yes. be someone else, Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, but I can tell you're Jim Carrey. And like, yeah, and that's how he feels about trannies. He does a lot of, sort of long uh, tangents that then come back to callbacks. So it's yeah. well crafted. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he is brilliant. The next one. Hi, Lotus Eaters. Robert Art Studio here. Um, I just wanted to ask if you have any New Year's resolutions and um, what your plans are with them. Uh, my New Year's resolution this year is to make the most of uh, this year and to accomplish everything that I can. I was um, recently re diagnosed with brain cancer and I'm going to focus myself on making the most of my art and trying to raise as much money as I can for people in a similar situation as me or in a worse situation, to be frank. So if you want, you can support me and uh, check out my Instagram and my website, robertartstudio.com. Cheers, guys. Bloody hell, mate. Sorry about that news. God, God bless your family. Um, actually, it really does put things in perspective. I mean, my, my one was just going to be I had a rough 2023, not professionally, but personally. So I didn't give myself much time to relax. And I feel like I had quite a hard calcified exterior shell. So I'm going to take your off-air advice and, and do some more fun things. 2024 is yeah, your fun, Connor. And you're I, allowed to do some fun things. Well, yeah, particularly, you know, hearing that. Yeah. Um, personally, I've just resolved to stop eating chocolate again. Uh, over, over the last sort of um, quarter of 2023, Basically, went really slack on my diet. I was just eating what I wanted to eat, and uh, and I'm going to get back on it and get rid of the rest of the weight that I want to get rid of until I'm uh, as thin as I have ever been. So that's my that's my resolution. We need a we need a lotus eaters shredded competition. I need possibly, I'm four days in at the moment. Yeah, four days in. Uh, and well, I haven't just, had 
any cal- uh, carbs at all. So I'm back on it properly. I'm doing quite well. Well then, I just wanted to be a vanity project that can win by default, but you know. Uh, <laughs> next one, please. I'm standing on the side that the shells don't eject into now. get five kills with that thing you can call in a dog squad i, I loved shooting that man shooting's great fun i actually still haven't so i've been shooting once in the uk but uh, i it's might say yeah i might go to a range when i'm back in the states this year oh you should definitely should i'm gonna visit texas at some point because we've got a few friends down there to be fair it's all over the place there's shooting ranges everywhere i think the biggest guns will probably be in the biggest gas know, stations are down there yeah, I, mean, maybe. I, want to, I want to hold a 50 cal what can i say maybe i've seen alex jones pose with ones enough but yeah Go on then, Sophie. Go and simp, bait. Oh, it's that time of the year where it's a journey just to take out the trash. Yes, I am Scandinavian. Thank you for asking. I'm just so glad that our ancestors moved here rather than staying in Scandinavia. I'm just so glad. On the flip side, though, Scandinavians much more resilient because I understand shutting down your public transport system for what was it, yeah. 27 inches of snow? I didn't get home till eight, half eight the other night from Swindon. It took me about three and a half hours because Bristol had a bit of rain. Yeah. So this yeah. country sucks. Yeah. But I mean, at least we don't get that. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Go on then, Craig. What are you selling? Happy New Year, guys. And I'm going to start this year with a movie suggestion Richard Says Goodbye. It's a Johnny Depp movie, and it is actually pretty based. Something else going to play? Yeah, I don't know. This one of year of what? I'm waiting for the jump scare. No, he's just he's just tricked us. Right? Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, yeah haven't haven't seen it. I. No, I've never even heard of it. I mean, Johnny Depp became a bit of a parody many years later because of the latter parts of Pirates of the Caribbean, but the first three were really good. So, oh yeah, well I don't know. Was the second and third one good? Yeah, okay. Dead Man's Chest, and there were there were elements of that world in that dragged yeah. on too long. But Davy Jones is like one of the best villains in cinema. Brilliant. They were okay. He wasn't the best. The first one's the one of the best. He's up there in like the pantheon. Of I'm not saying films. that you can't enjoy them. They're good. They're good films. Also, two and three are better than one. I'm not saying. Next one. I have great taste. Welcome to the shrine in the town where I work. Um, I've just picked out my fortune slip for 2024, and it was the lowest look available. So I had to tie it here, along with all the other ones, to pray away the bad look. Of course, I'm a Christian, so I don't really believe that, but I do it for tradition's sake. Hope everyone's okay. See you next year. Bye. Oh, this is from Japan, then, is it? I believe so. Yeah, the Japanese have loads of really nice, mm. quaint traditions. Uh, if have you ever been? No. Uh, take your kids. It's fantastic. Uh, in all of their really built-up areas, they have just random little shrines and, and cultural centers that you can just walk around and see right. people architecture in this. Peaceful and unapologetic. They're basically the English of the East. So, yeah. yeah. Good, good little place. Well, that sounds good. Um, Lord Kevin Croft says, Hi, chaps. Not a comment on the topic today, as we haven't started yet. But a quick message to say, I got my Smear Merchants t-shirt this morning. I wanted to say how unbelievably happy I was 
with the ease of the ordering process and how quickly it arrived. Thank you for the content of the merch you produce. Here's to a happy 2024. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I'm really glad that the process worked well. Um, Omar says, imagine getting literally everything you want exactly as you asked for it and still getting mad. Yes, when, when it comes to uh, Democrats getting the illegals, the sanctuary cities. Um, but that's not really what they want. What they want is your destruction. And when you start sharing your destruction with them, then they get mad. And you know that's true. Uh, Captain Kirk Shagging Aliens says, Leftists, come on in, illegal migrants. Illegal migrants drown trying to get in. Leftists, how could the right do this? Yeah, I know. I just, I'm they, distracted by the name. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's literally what Captain Kirk did. Was that a thing? So I, I really haven't watched yeah. any Star Strike whatsoever. Was that in the original series? Yeah. yeah. Captain Kirk's always charming alien ladies. Okay. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, and this is another thing with the, uh, the human traffickers crossing the British Channel. It's like the left are literally getting people involved in these illicit activities and getting people killed or exploited or raped or whatever. I mean, like, you know, women who make it to the American border have probably been raped. One in three. Yeah. It's one in three. They also, they have also found um, in young girls' systems, obviously. Mm, and they usually ply both the women and the girls with birth control. Yeah. And, and probably drugs and all this. Yeah. So it's just like, it's deeply irresponsible, but they just don't care. Um, Kevin says, the latest thing I saw is that Biden is trying to get Texas to remove all its razor wire, just as he blocked the razor wire floats in the rear ground and every other attempt to the border states to make, stop the migrants getting in. Yeah, but uh, come the next election, the Capitol will be surrounded with razor wire. And there will be massive barricades and armed soldiers walking around. I mean, it is very curious how you can quickly get the National Guard to Martha's Vineyard, but you couldn't yeah. get there in, there on January 6th. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Democrat-controlled area, too. Washington, D.C. Very interesting. Um, anyway, that's a fascinating, fascinating thing. Uh, the Democrats at the level of national government won't step in to help New York, uh, NYC. Uh, the goal is to make Texas blue. Even if, if NYC won't turn red, then they could care less what happens to it. Yeah, that's totally true. This, this is all, I mean, this is literally the replacement. This is what they're doing. They are literally, as Tucker Carlson said, they are replacing their voter base with foreign people. They're not relying on Americans anymore. They're relying on illegal immigrants. And there was a New York Times piece where they just admitted that they did this after the Georgia election didn't swing in the yeah, 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 Stacey yeah. Abrams. The, uh, there was also, Charlie Kirk's broken this down, how it's slightly backfired on them. Because of the amount of illegal aliens that have flooded into California, they thought it was going to add them an electoral college seat. They've actually technically lost one because of the conservative outflow to places like Tennessee right. and Florida and Texas. So the red states have a greater electoral college waiting in the 2024 election, which is why they're scared yeah. enough to try and push Trump off the ballot. Matt says, the Welsh Refugee Council and all these other pathetic do-gooder human rights lawyers must be forced to sponsor the illegal immigrants coming into the country. If the latter commit crimes and the former are prosecuted in their stead, they'll pick up pattern recognition pretty goddamn quickly. The sorts of men these girls are being advertised to are the low IQ South African interviewees we saw yesterday who were totally incapable of empathetic, empathetic thought. I did, a, I did a tweet about that, um, yeah. that that did the rounds, and it's just because I referenced about two years ago now to that mad feminist Ava what's-her-face yeah. that you can't teach some men not to rape. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about of a particular extraction or skin color, even though the culture in those places does not encourage consideration of women and girls' feelings, but some of them you just can't reason with. Instead, you need to hang the threat of capital punishment over their head, because if they only care about their own gratification and their survival, you need to make it too costly for them not to take it out on others. 
I mean, what was it? Ross Kemp, was it? Yes. His face. Yeah. It was just like, what am I hearing? It's this like, is a man who's hanging around with the Taliban. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, you're hearing the worst that humanity has to offer, Ross. Yeah, you're hearing the men that you're going to import and then house at your expense. Yeah, yeah, literally. The Conservative and Labour government is going to bring that in. Um, Grant says, Operation Lone Star is a great idea. Needs to send a, bu- uh, need to send a bunch to Delaware, where Biden is from, and to Bowser's DC area. More for Adams, too. He should have another 5,000 daily. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a phenomenally good idea. But it's exactly what should have been done from day one. You know, it should be understood that the Democrats are using this to destroy you. So use it to destroy them instead. What about targeting weak Republicans? Or them. Yeah. Uh, Kevin says, if Trump wins in 2024, it'll be the end of democracy. Translation, if Trump gets in, it will end our planned dictatorship. Um, yes, but it is more complex than that. Because the word democracy in the modern sense, is heavily tied in with liberal presuppositions in re- on reality. And if someone who is non-liberal gets elected, then that is anti-liberal. And therefore, it's kind of anti-democracy. That's the rationale that they're using. Um, and so, in a way, it's kind of true. But also, in a way, that just means that the liberal assumptions of democracy weren't correct. But it's in terms Again. of system. That's that's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like saying yeah. that okay, I do not extend free speech principles to Islamists and communists because you guys don't believe in free speech and you would like to confiscate it from me. So I'm happy to have free speech for my club, but then I'm not going to afford you the same platform and consideration as those guys because it undermines the concept of speech itself. Yeah, and that's that's why they they think that Trump getting elected would be anti-democratic. Yes. Um, anyway, someone online says a bunch of migrants killed Nate the town swan and stole her eggs. It's atrocious. Uh, she and her mate have been part of the town's culture for 20 years. The savages got a slap on the wrist for it. I don't know if anyone woke, if it woke anyone up to the problem. I mean, how can it not? Like, it, uh, well, Harry and I covered a while ago how there were a bunch of random halal slaughters happening in fields of yeah. rams that were just strung up on trees. Was anyone prosecuted for that? I just can't take him. Like, at what point are we just like, no, you're just not allowed? Um, Karambit says, if it's 600 a week going... Oh, okay. <laughs> right, so Karamba is uh, someone who regularly tunes into my Twitch streams, and uh, he's a maths nerd. And so every day he gives me a maths fact. When I, I thought thinking. you said that wasn't real. I don't think it's real. Um, but they're, you know, like unicorns aren't real, but I can tell you they have a horn and they shaped like horses, right? So you can, t- you can say facts about things that aren't true. Uh, they're just hypothetical. Uh, but anyway, Karamba uh, says, if it's 600 a week going to New York City, that's 31,000 a year. And that's two point- if there's 2.5 million crossing the border a year, that's only 1.248% of the total number that's going to New York City. And if they can't handle that, what do, you th- what do they think happens to Texas and other southern states? I live in Long Island, so those who don't stay in the city are probably coming here. Yes. Thank you for exactly giving us the precise number. Uh, Derek says, to all the U.S. sanctuary cities, Crimea, Mississippi, or a Thames, or a Nile, or a Ganges. Pick your favorite river. You want to go to the next one? Sure, can do. Uh, Kevin Fox. You can't video your own kid's nativity play, but the Welsh Refugee Council can parade your daughter in a school outfit. That's a great point. There you go. Daniel Butchers, if they come across the channel or break in another way, why are they not put in prison until their claim has been accepted or rejected? Um, Because fundamentally, the government doesn't see them as criminals. It sees them as uh, poor, put upon, and people that the liberal institutions have obligations to. Charity cases. That's what it is. Or as you said in your Rumble stream, the devouring mothers of Ireland see them as surrogate children. Yes. Um, I found out this fascinating thing the other day, by the way. So I'm reading Dr. Sarah Hill's book, Your Brain and Birth Control. Oh, yeah. I'm going to include it in a long-form thing on the sexual revolution. Did you know that women that take birth control have no cortisol response to stress? What does that mean? 
That means they can't regulate their stress hormones, which means they don't appropriately respond to threats. Right. You play that out on the political level. That explains some things. Yeah, just just an interesting theory that is worth mining at some point. Yeah. Uh, Rue the day. Anyone still living in the dreamland of incompetent government who just simply doesn't understand what they're doing to their people, look at this. This is directly marketing children to those whose culture allows them to abuse girls and women because they're not people. This is not incompetence. It's satanic. Just a quick thing. We missed Daniel's comment here. If they come across, if they come across channel breaking... I did. Oh, I was, did you do it? We just, yeah. How did I not hear that? Like, uh, uh, in I, my ears, clearly. Uh, yeah, clearly. No, it's, <laughs> it's not even that. I think my brain's just elsewhere. That's all right. But why, why aren't they put in prison? Because uh, you changed the subject to uh, expand on something else. That's my fault. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree. They should be reject- uh, just put in prison until their claim is accepted or rejected. Hmm. If it's rejected, they just get deported. Hmm. Like, sorry. You know, what happened? Well, I broke into your country. Yeah, well, that's a crime. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, not, to, not, to, not to re-litigate the is it incompetence or is it evil question. But again, having interacted with quite a few of these special advisors and a couple of the politicians, you would genuinely be surprised how thick some of them are. I know. Um, that doesn't make them any less complicit in how evil it is. And I'm just saying this to the audience because yeah, yeah. so you're, you're involved in this. But it would be easier if they were evil. And yeah. they're, they're, they're evil by consequence of negligence and self-preservation, yeah. but they're not all around the table in Davos skeeving our demise. There are some of them, absolutely, yeah. but a bunch of the nowhere safe seaters who are just happy to flood the country with migrants because mm. pensions and GDP line go up, they're not thinking about displacing you and driving your ethnicity to extinction. They're just dumb. Doesn't mean I still wouldn't make them pay the consequences yeah. for it, but there you go. Um, Sophie Liv, this makes me really angry. I experienced this. I tried this on my own body. Foreign men, usually middle-aged Arabs, who think they're just allowed to do this. Stalking, grabbing, going in for a kiss. Oh, well, that's harrowing to hear. I mean, there is a common view in the Arab world that Western women are just all prostitutes. Mm. They just want it all the time. They're all whores. And that's why they dress as they do. But I think that's just the supposition of women, which is the same thing of the South Africans of where they were saying she doesn't, in in that video, she doesn't enjoy it, but sometimes she might. The supposition is that they can't control themselves and their impulses. So they have to bin bag every single woman to stop them acting on yeah. their urges. But if a woman is voluntarily not being bin bagged, she must know that he has these urges. Exactly. And therefore, she is soliciting him. Yes, that's exactly what they think. Yeah. And so that's why the framing of it as being bait. You know, uh, 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 some Muslim followed my wife and daughter, teenage daughter, around like Asda the other day to the point where literally some guy had to like get the security guard to eject him. Like, like, really creepily. And I was furious. Yeah. I had to have exactly that conversation with my teenage daughter. Like, look, right, these men have arrived. They're not like the, the, the English boys that you know at school. Right? They think you are signaling to them. Yeah. When you, and she wasn't wearing anything especially explicit. Like, it was, you know, obviously, someone mad. But, like, you know, she, she's got a thing where you can see, like, a strip of her stomach or whatever. And it's, you know, like, teenagers wearing tank top. Right? It's totally normal. But I had to explain to her that he thinks you are signaling to him that you want him to come and essentially take you and it's like and and rape you and she was really upset by it but I'm like look that's just what these people think yeah. they literally think this and in a more civilized age had he have made that approach we would be allowed to physically restrain and reprimand him as men policing the community but unfortunately the liberal state has outsourced all the ability of fathers like yourself. Well, I wasn't even there. Yeah, but like, yeah, I know, I know. Were, or the guy yeah. who stepped in, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, well, that's the point, isn't it? It's like, I just thought, okay, yeah, my wife and daughter are just going to go out to Asda. Who cares? Like, it's a Saturday afternoon. Of course, they're just going to go out to Asda. Because I come from a better world. 
you know, but like it took some guy to know, like if some other guy, just some random guy notices some bloody Muslim guy chasing after these you know, mother and daughter, he's like thinking I have to, you know, step in here. It's like, God, what? And that's in Swindon. Yeah. This is like, it's just wholly avoidable. They should not be here. Honestly, and this is not the first time this has happened either, right? This is not the first time this has happened. And I'm just, honestly, I'm really angry. But I, anyway, sorry, Karen. No, don't blame. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Narok, the thing that's terrible about the interview about the 17,000 lost is that there are zero consequences for those lost migrants, even if they become found. They're not deported for avoiding the government process, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And everyone who allowed them to fall off the system or the process, they don't lose their jobs. No, in fact, it makes their jobs easier. Just means they, the managerial every, state has fewer constituents to process. Every incentive to make this happen. Yep. And the final one is uh, Charles Francis Montgomery Galliard Oliver. It's a hell of a name. That's a great name. <laughs> don't hire them. Don't sell to them. Don't shop with them. And the only thing you buy from them is property. Um, so yeah. this is something that myself and my dad have just agreed to do because my dad's one of those sort of like Gen Xers whose critical consciousness was raised by one having me in the house, two lockdowns. Yeah. He's just said, right, I'm never ordering a takeaway now. Yeah. I'm not going out to restaurants that are owned by foreigners. I'm not yeah. going into any of the corner shops and that because I just don't want the money to find its way back to people that want to destroy my country. Yeah. And that's it. Just withdraw your business, even yeah. if it's just from place on the local yeah. high street. You can do without getting McDonald's delivered by some random Arab. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is as well that, that like there are there are foreigners in the country who are who are good. Yeah. Like like a lot <laughs> the Brazilians actually seem to be really nice and very pro Western. So okay, like I'm happy to go to Rio. John. Yeah, exactly. John, John you know, is yeah. a great example. He wouldn't run without him. Hello, mate. <laughs> yeah. See you waving. Oh, obviously, John. Yeah. But I was just thinking of services that I could buy yeah, outside exactly, yeah. of my normal life. You know, there are there are places you just don't don't go to those ones that are run by people who will do these things. Yeah. Like it's literally that simple. You know, don't go to a bloody kebab house. You know, like anyway. I am heartbroken, but Yeah, I know. I'm not saying actually no, kebab no no no. Right. Kebabs are like a, an evil lure, right? Because they sound like they're gonna be really good. But then you get it, you're eating it, you're like yeah, this isn't that great. I do know a really good Turkish, like a proper Turkish restaurant, yeah. not just like a yeah, stop yeah. off at the end of the chip shop at the night one. Yeah. But then also after that story, I mean. Anyway, Fuzzy Toaster says, billionaires are prepping. Perfect. Let them understand that they are first. It behooves them to keep things stable. Well, that's the thing. They're not. They're going to be last. That's the thing. You'll be first. Uh, you're going to be the one who suffers, not them. And they know it. Um, oh, my thing hasn't updated, so I'm just going to use this. Um, Omar says, isn't it awful not being able to do anything as you watch a bunch of millionaires and billionaires buy up all the available land and housing until none is left for the native? Those poor cockneys and the lions. Yeah, I know, man. Ain't that the truth? Like, it, and it's not a big place either. My my my, my granddad grew up on the road that they've now gentrified to put the Olympic Stadium on. Grant says, I'm not too worried about the billionaires. Once you hit a billion dollars, you can start getting really esoteric about what you spend your money on. Yeah, but I think that they know why they're doing it. Uh, Sophie says, I'm just saying both Oprah Winfrey and Dwayne Johnson have giant mansions on Maui, the island where the fire happened. They both have the resources and space to re offer refuge to all the displaced people hit by the fire. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. uh, they could have housed uh, people in their giant mansions. Yeah, instead, what Oprah Winfrey did, right? She went down to a shelter that they had and she wasn't allowed in with her media cameras, right? So, so she went in and just bought them like pillows and stuff. It's like, you're a billionaire. Mm. You buy them houses. Mm. Like you could literally just rehome it. Now I bought you some pillows. I would buy them pillows. You could spearhead the redevelopment that reconstructs yeah. the entire town brick yeah. by brick. Yeah. Originally, but you don't. Exactly. No, no, I, you know, like she spent like about a thousand pounds or something. I could spend a thousand pounds 
you know, giving these people pillows and blankets and stuff like that. I mean, they're in Hawaii. Do they need blankets? But like, whatever, you know, but whatever, whatever necessaries they need. Yeah. But like, like she spent virtually nothing, virtually nothing. She could have just literally bought them up fucking street. Uh, but anyway, did they? Oh, hell no. They made a YouTube video asking you to donate a rescue fund. Uh, yeah, we care about minorities. Mm. Shadow in the, in the Star says, Doomsday bunkers are just funny. Do the VIPs really think they'll survive in their bunker whilst retaining their elitist status living among the workers they need to run the bunker? Um, honestly, I have no idea. Like, you know, if the world collapses and money becomes worthless, then yeah. <laughs> but also, these are all the people that are doing Meta and Oculus and Open AI and all that. And so they're actually just racing against time to where they can automate all the processes before the collapse comes. Yes. And that's why it looks a lot more like Elysium. Yeah. So you can't get here. You know, and you desperately try to get here. And then it'll be a, you know, I mean, at least it wasn't a great movie, but at least it was an interesting premise. You know, um, JC says the bunkers are being built because the rest of the world is coming for blood. Yeah. And, but they're being built somewhere very remote on purpose. Uh, Charles says these bunker builders are just deluded, just like their politics. They're the sort that believe in climate catastrophe is just around the corner. Their efforts reflect delusions, not reality. Um, well, I hope so. Yeah, but if the outward-facing narrative is one of we have a global catastrophe coming and we need to confiscate all of your freedoms, your prosperity, your energy security. Oh, by the way, I'm still flying on a private jet and buying beachfront property. Yeah. I don't think the delusion is sincere. I think the delusion is just a selling point. Entirely possible. Baron von Warhawk says, smart of these swamp politicians to build bunkers on an island as it would be easier to lock down and control Hawaii with an iron fist compared to the mainland states. That's a great point as well. It's a really great one. I didn't even think about that. You know, like, it's much smaller, much easier. And like you say, they're going to automate all of this before they pull the plug, if that's what they're going to do. Uh, however, the downside is that Hawaii is one of those states that's guaranteed to be nuked in the case of total war. Why would you nuke Hawaii? Off the coast of America, maybe? It's proximity to America? Yeah, but like, I mean, maybe there's a, sh a port there or a, like a, a naval base. Yeah, I, I, I don't know enough about yeah. its military strategic position to comment on whether or not that's true. No, I'd have to, I mean, I assume that Pearl Harbor or something is there, but like, mm. wouldn't you want to control it if you were invading America? Use it as a anyway. I don't know, um, but anyway, the be the best place to be in a nuclear war are forgotten states like West Virginia, Mon Montana, Idaho, or Missouri. Hence the Ravenbrook facility, South or South Dakota mm. <laughs> with the private fallout ones. Um, I think this shows that they were expecting a war within the states with the American people rather than a war outside the states from China and Russia. Ah, that's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point, Baron. Um, yes, how the American people can just walk to West Virginia or Montana or Idaho. Or, or Silicon Valley. Or Silicon Valley. Uh, they can't get easily to Hawaii. Uh, the Crusader. Billionaires building bunkers, huh? That idea always amuses me because they fundamentally fail to understand that it isn't going to go how they think it will. First, the sort of construction project means a lot of people know where your precious bunker is located, but most of them will have families they want to protect. Put two and two together. Um, entirely possibly. Yeah, but they'll have very loyal armed security policing the bunker to stop you coming in because then the armed security will have a permanent place in said bunker despite being a pleb. Exactly. And it would be better to be the guard of the billionaire than outside. Exactly. So Michael says, just a reminder, these bunkers have doors made out of steel, a couple of car batteries and welding rods, or we need to do to see, or you need to seal these rich uh, people in forever. I didn't even know that. I don't know anything about that. Do not endorse any criminal sabotage or activity. Absolutely not. But I think we're also out of time there. 
Yep. So anyway, join us at uh, three. This is half an hour if you're listening live yep. for the lads hour. If you haven't already subscribed, go and do that beforehand and we will answer your comments. Until next time, thanks very much, Carl. We'll see you back tomorrow at one o'clock. Take care and goodbye. Thank you.